the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. that day we started counting off uh almost 200 days away a few months ago now it is election day this is the day that it all comes down to all the talking all the panificating all the guessing by the polls it don't matter anymore it matters what you have done either voting early or what you will do today when you go to the polls to cast your ballot today. Yeah, I remember uh, back in November where it was filing, and this felt like, you know, so far away. Yeah, and I had a cast on my leg. That's right. And I was hobbling around. And no goatee? No goatee. I mean, you're just a completely different man. <laughs> I look like a different person then. I did. That's right. A lot can happen in a since year. I gra- since I've grown my goatee, I could go on uh, my Facebook account and put my avatar together and it kind of looks like me yeah i mean it's a good looking goatee I'm just gonna say it i mean it's just it's it's solid i cut I it i cut it back it. i cut it back yeah. yesterday oh it looks good it was it was getting a little bit straggly it no really, colonel really sanders was. anymore no colonel sanders <laughs> anymore i've i've cut it back some you can look on uh facebook elizabeth and see me now it looked i looked different a little bit i i looked coofed is that the right word? Yeah. <laughs> I got You I got changed my, everything. Well, I got out my scissors and I you know, where it was getting kind of Z Z top length, I cut it back. I cut it back. I dig it. I so. just uh, I like it. I, yeah. I, it gives me a totally different look. There's no doubt about that. If it gets any longer, Dave, you could braid it. I could have braided it <laughs> like yesterday. Yeah, there you go. I could have done that and looked like a... Hey, that? nothing's off the table in a Biden administration. That's so. right. <laughs> He's not going to win. I don't have to worry about what? a Biden administration. You know, here's the key. It is so razor thin. I, mean, I, I left my, my cheater notes in my office. I have to go get them after we take a break. But it's, it is razor thin in Florida. Mm-hmm. It's razor thin in Arizona, mm-hmm. North Carolina... And I'm trying to think what the fourth state is that's razor thin right now. Uh, Pennsylvania. If, yeah. Yeah. Well, Pennsylvania. I Texas. Mean, yeah. Te- no, I, I don't Texas. buy that. I don't I buy. Think, I'm. T- if you guys buy that, I got some land that I want to talk to you about. I'm hey, just listen, telling you. I, I tell you, if if I saw <laughs> the reason I feel good uh, about going into today here in Arkansas is I think we're going to have more turnout yep but it's going to be 
uh, I think it'll be indicative more of Trump uh, than Biden. Yep. Which is going to help Congressman Hill in these outlying counties. Yes. Uh, but I'll tell you this right now: if I if I was seeing what they're seeing in Texas as far as turnout and who's turning out, I would be a little bit more worried uh, at this point in time. So I'm telling you, uh, I I do think we're going to keep some of these seats that you know Democrats you know are already putting in Joe's column. But Texas does worry me. Texas worries me because really? it does. It does. Just from what I'm seeing as far as uh, the numbers go. But those some of the others, again, who's, Arizona. What's, what's the, who's the congressman that everybody's saying is going to get beat down in Texas? Um, uh, there's a toss-up. I know this. The the you talking about uh, uh, Congress or, or you, yeah, Congress. Some, yeah, I don't know. There's a, there's one that went to toss-up yesterday. Yeah. Well, he, the last the last thing I heard from internals down there. The guy that they thought that they were going to knock out of his seat was up by eight points. Hey, listen, I hope that's the case. I do. I just, I, it's just a, it's a different sort of uh, from from elections past. It's a different sort of electorate, you know. And I think it is driven a lot by, you know. And I don't believe this is the case. Certainly statewide, and I don't necessarily think it's enough to change it overnight. Um, but I do think there's a lot of transplants from places like California that have come into Texas, you know, that are moving there. It's more cost effective, cost of livings uh, better. Um, but I do think that there's just a changing dynamic. So why would you vote areas. for somebody that will make all of the America look like California? It's a very good question. I don't I don't get that. I God, I can't believe how bad it was in California, and I'm going to move somewhere where I can be free again. Oh, but let me vote for somebody that's going to put me in jail again. I, I just yeah. don't get it. Yeah, no. Look, I, I'm I, like I said. I hope I'm. Uh, look, I, I enter every single election day, you know, with a little bit of paranoia, right? I think you have to. Uh, I don't. You better. But uh, I'm feeling yeah. pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember some elections where I went in with cautiously optimistic and came out, you know, on the other side uh, a, a little dinged up. Uh, yeah. So, you know, look, I think that there there is some uh, there is some concern in Texas. Will that uh, come to fruition? Will that I don't materialize? Know. Yeah, we'll see that. We'll see. They're going to have, you know, they'd, they'd have to have every liberal in Austin, El Paso, and Houston turn out to the polls twice. Now, as, as and they could, nah, I don't. They, Along with all their dead relatives, hard hard to cheat like that in Texas. Now, if you were talking Illinois, different story. Yeah, and well, and the whole thing they made with, that into a science. Yeah, there's this talk about Georgia and North Carolina. That ain't gonna I don't happen. Think that's, I mean, I don't feel anywhere close to concerned about that. North Carolina, a little bit. Georgia, not at all. I think Florida uh, looks good. I feel good about Florida. Looking good. Um, but yeah, Texas is just one of those weird states, you know. I think if anybody like a Beto O'Rourke can get forty eight percent statewide, it you know that does that is a bit concerning. You know what could happen the the next election. Otherwise, in an I off feel, year election. Yeah, off. Let me repeat that again. An off yeah. year election. I don't Not with Trump at the top of the ticket. Hey, listen, uh, right. I'm I'm telling you, I'm I'm you know. Hoping that's not the case at all, but I do think there. If I'm going to sit there and circle, you know, one outlying state from the kind of group of four, uh, you know, Texas concerns me a little bit. But well, anyway, what I was going to say <laughs> that uh, I believe Trump will win in all of those close states. Then it's just a matter of getting Pennsylvania 
or Michigan to fall in his column. I believe it will be Pennsylvania. That's what I, I think that I did. You but have when to, will we know well, about Pennsylvania? Yeah. That's the question. After they I mean, figure truly, out how we'll, many we won't votes know they, tonight. It's, it's, they got to figure out how many votes they need to beat Trump. <laughs> Just, Don't go there, Dave. <laughs> yeah. I knew that that would get you excited if I said it that way. Yeah. I mean, well, I, and that's exactly what everybody thinks, right? Yeah, I don't think it. Look, I think that some of them might try to cheat, but I think they'll get caught if they do. I think everybody's watching them so closely. Trying to cheat like that is going to be very, very, very difficult. There's a cadre of lawyers in all of those states for both parties. Just going to be watching it like with eagle eye. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's sort of, in my opinion, wishful thinking that this doesn't, um, you know, that this uh, doesn't go beyond tonight. I I think that's, it's, we're going to, it's going to be a long uh, quote-unquote election night. It's going to go on for, I think, a few days just as they continue, especially if you have what I yeah. think we're going to see is a sort of lopsided victory for Trump tonight on election day. But as those returns come in, I think it gets a little bit narrower, and we'll see what happens. But I think that's just more, to you know, again, uh, um, you know, sort of a, a side effect of COVID and just, you know, how everyone's voting this year and that sort of thing. But I, it's going to be weird. It's going to be an election night, I think, unlike anything we've ever really experienced as far as just i expect to leave at 10 o'clock tonight and not know who's the next president of the united states i hope i I think that's probably true i i well i've told you that elizabeth that we'd go until 10 because if we went to 11 we still wouldn't know and i didn't think think even into the next day perhaps uh that's why we will you know click over to the Salem radio network and mm-hmm. and let them take care of uh, election coverage all night long overnight now, overnight some of the smaller uh you know seats for local instance, races and things when we're yeah. talking about uh you know uh French Hills race mm-hmm. I think we'll know yeah I know we're going to know Westerman yeah. and and the rest of the congressional delegation we we will definitely know Tom Cotton's race sure. that'll yeah. be done, and uh, bottom line, it's going to be a good night for Republicans in the state of Arkansas. I wholeheartedly believe that this has be this has become one of the reddest states almost in the union now. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's really a, that's really amazing. Uh, Jr., you've been around when it wasn't that way. Yeah, I have, and look, I think that. Uh, like I said before, I'm cautiously optimistic about uh, Congressman Hill. I think that, um, you know, we've seen in elections past where it's it's just a weird district where you've got, you know, the heart of it is Pulaski, and then you've got these um, outlying counties that surround it, and they always play chase. You know, that's kind of what I call it. Every election cycle, Pulaski comes in, and then there's chase, you know, right around Pulaski County to make up for the difference, and eventually, right. you know win the election and i think that's what we're going to see again this year i am interested to see what kind of turnout i think obviously the 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 larger the turnout in some of these outlying areas certainly benefits congressman hill uh we'll see how much more uh turnout we see in pulaski uh and we'll know fairly quickly around eight o'clock you know i think that they'll have it on their website all the uh, early votes and, and absentee um so we'll know um a pretty good idea of what pulaski looks like and then 
you know, and then we get to the chase part of it after that. And we so. watch for Faulkner. And we yep. watch for Celine. Yep. What's yep. the last one? Well, White, White uh, yeah. you know, Perry, Van Buren, Conway, um, you know, County. So it's uh, those are the three big ones there that we just need folks to get out today uh, and go vote. We need Republicans to show up uh, mightily at the polls. Uh, if you're thinking about not voting, uh, quit yeah, <laughs> and start thinking up. about voting. We need you. You we need don't every have vote. that choice today. <laughs> um, so that's that's what we're really uh uh, that's what we're really focused on and what his team has been focused on over the last really couple of weeks, just getting the vote out door to door, holding events. Um, and we can talk about a little bit about that more coming up. But it's uh, it's been good. I feel like we've got the momentum on our side, which is a nice feeling going into Election Day. Dude, you guys need it. Lono County. Mm-hmm. Need to get Lono County in the second yeah. district. I'm just saying. Well, you boy, know. I'm telling you, they've been turning out for Trump huge. We need to. Uh, we uh, Like I said before, I feel cautiously optimistic i'm excited to get the congressman over the finish line um and if we can do that i think you're right dave across the board it's going to be a good night for republicans in the I state think of Arkansas. So. i really really think so uh, and uh you know no doubt in my mind that uh, i saw i think the last what was that last uh polling i saw out of u of a had trump 60 40 yeah i think it may be bigger than that yeah the arkansas poll yeah um yeah that was again that was a nice shot in the arm i think to a lot of folks who look that, we live in a 24 7 media world social media every get inside your dome yeah. you start wondering what's true, i hate what's it because i'm on so it all nice the time con- yeah oh absolutely so that was a nice confirmation of kind of where we are as far as a republican state right now and so um yeah i think it'll be a good night hopefully that will be indicative of the rest of the country tonight so. all right election day 2020 is here, and uh, we'll have a lot of answers about not only who our next president is going to be, but in what direction our country is uh, thinking that they want to go. 19 minutes after 6, a break here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Then we'll continue. J.R. Davis is here from the Gilmore Group. Elizabeth is with us by the phone. I didn't ask her to drive in today because she's going to be here starting at 6.45 this evening, and then we go on at 7 o'clock doing election night coverage. And I, you know, with the with the big money that I pay her, I really thought that <laughs> I wouldn't ask her to come in this morning and come in uh, this Gas evening. money. Gas well, I money, did, Dave. I didn't want to be, I di- I didn't wanna be <laughs> necessary for me to have to pay overtime. Just didn't want to do that. All right, stay know, with the show. <laughs> we'll be back with more in a moment. All right, I got my cheat sheet during the break. Uh, According to 538, these are the states that they felt were too close to call. North Carolina, Georgia, Arizona, and Florida. They said they were all real close within the margin of error, which on most polls is anywhere from 2.5% to 4.5%. If Trump who is in that margin of error in every one of those states, runs all of those states. He closes it out if he wins Pennsylvania or Michigan. It's done. It's over. If you win all the states that everybody expects you to win, which uh, I think that we know which states, for instance, Arkansas is going to go Trump. The whole South is going to basically go Trump. Alabama, Mississippi, uh, all are going to go Trump. Uh, I think, without a doubt, Texas will go Trump. 
uh, I think that uh, good possibility that uh, Arizona is going to go Trump. Here's what I'm basing all this on. A lot of people poo-pooed back in 2016 these rallies that the president had that would be bringing 16, 18,000 people out. Well, it went on to show that most of those people definitely went to the polls because they were fired up. Mm-hmm. You look at those rallies now in Florida, in Miami. Uh, I don't. It depends on how you tell time, whether you consider midnight tomorrow or today. Right. You know. But if you go with uh, Miami, which they had a midnight rally down in in Broward County down there, you're looking at 40,000 people turned out at midnight to see this and to hear this president speak. In uh, Bradley, North Carolina, 29,000 people. Uh, I was listening to Rose Tennant last night. Everybody here on this show knows Rose Tennant. She's been part of my show in the past. Uh, I filled in for her, her talk show in Pittsburgh many a time. And uh, I heard her say, I have never seen the crowds that I'm seeing for people going out to see Trump. She says all across Pennsylvania, these rallies have been absolutely incredible and she told uh, Sean last night on or yesterday afternoon on the show, she says, don't worry about PA. It's going for Trump. She says, you go to into uh, Intercourse, Pennsylvania. I know she wanted to use that uh, because she that, that, that's a big Amish <laughs> area. It's called Intercourse, Pennsylvania. I've got a I've got a. Uh, a a pillow that I bought when I went through intercourse and it says, I, I like intercourse. And then it's got PA in the corner. (laughs) So anyway, it was a great place, but she says, you see the horse and buggies with Trump signs on them. Wow. Hey, look, I said this, someone was asking me the other day about, uh, and again, everything I feel like is sort of my lens is through the second district here in Arkansas, but there's something to be said of, you know, look, COVID or not, getting out, having events, you know, that person-to-person sort of contact as far as people being able to see their candidate, it breeds a certain excitement that you need to have uh, in a in any race, uh, but especially a presidential race. And so, you know, last yesterday I was driving home and, and, you know, listening to the radio and it was like President Trump is on, you know, on his way to his fourth stop of the day where he finishes it off, obviously, at midnight in, in Florida, and Biden's in his second stop in Pittsburgh yeah. the entire day as he's had two stops, and there's there's been... And 30 all people these, showed up. Right, and there's been all these COVID-19 protocols, and so I get, like, there's this idea that the Democrats say, and we're going to continue to do this, this, and this, and that's fine, but there is a certain amount of excitement that you generate by having an in-person event with people and, and, and crowds. And regardless, again, of, of anything that's happening right now in the moment, that's what you need to finish a campaign strong, especially in these uh, important states. And I think that's what we've seen from Congressman Hill as well uh, in the last couple of weeks, where he has been all over the place uh, in the districts, you know, holding signs, talking to voters, uh, events with you know, t- Senator Tom Cotton and Senator Bozeman, um, Sarah, Sarah Huckabee huh? Sanders, yeah. um, you know, had uh, Liz Cheney fly in uh, for uh, a few events. So it's it's you know he's starting. It's that momentum, Mike Huckabee. I mean, it's just all these things where 
you know, you're getting that excitement. You're exciting your base. You're letting them know that there is a race here. We need your vote. That's so important. You can phone bank all day long. I don't think that necessarily uh, turns into tangible votes at the end of it. You have to excite your base. We're seeing that from Trump. We're seeing that from Congressman Hill. Um, And I think we're seeing that from really across the board in Arkansas as far as the delegation is concerned. Let me just tell you what. We've got to take a break. And when we come back, I want to talk about the pictures that are out there for Trump. Now, can I tell you what's really exciting about today? Heidi, you know what is really, really exciting today? I don't. I don't. And Elizabeth? Yeah. We're not going to have to see any more ads on TV for either candidates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about anybody else, but I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing the ads. Hey, you know what was funny is is uh you know what nine months ago it was just kind of uh just uh, look, funny deal with you have a lot of the television stations here and radio stations and um that you know usually this is sort of the cash cow right when you have some competitive races yeah. and then Senator Cotton you know there's no real uh, opponent mm-hmm. against him there's uh, a lot of the ballot stuff got knocked out yep. you know it was like oh well it's French Hill's race. That race alone has spent more than se- both sides more than seven million dollars for in wow. the second congressional district race. Wow! And there's a lot. Wow. Like Joyce Elliott has has gotten so much out of state money. Uh, a lot of D from the DNC. I mean, uh, millions. I mean, uh, it's just. Been, I heard most of her money was out of state. It's, a, it's you know, look, we've seen this in past elections in other states. We saw it in Georgia. Uh, we've seen it in Texas, you know, where you just have these, you know, sort of Washington and Hollywood elite that just start pouring money into these states, trying to flip them for what they think they should look like. Yes. And that's what we've seen. Emily's List um, with Joyce Elliott. There's been uh, big pro-abortion uh, packs that have come in and supported her. And so you're seeing just a tremendous amount of money on the other side of it. Uh, you are seeing a lot of uh, of Arkansas money here supporting French, but you've got a lot of Republican colleagues uh, who are who are pitching in uh, to help uh, the congressman out as well. And so, you know, they know they need to. Well, and and look, here's the thing: I think sometimes not that every voter has time to do this, but you got to look at who's backing the candidate. Oh yeah, and that'll tell you a whole lot. And uh, in this, and getting case, the word out on that is the, yeah, is the key piece. Exactly. I mean, Lindsey Graham is a classic national example of this. He was targeted, and it's hard to even get the word out to let people know what's going on with the outside money. Well, you just look at who's backing the candidate with the money, and you'll know exactly what you're going to get. And uh, in this case, it's pro-abortion, anti-gun, higher tax, super liberal groups uh, backing Joyce Elliott. And and I think that, look, at the end of the day, um, there's a lot of fodder out there uh, about this race. Uh, but I do believe that today, uh, you know, Republicans come out in droves uh, to support Congressman Hill, and it's going to be a good night across the state. Yeah, here's the key. Look, I know Joyce Elliott enough from the years that I've been over at the at the Capitol during uh, the time that they get together, and uh, I can tell you this much. Joyce Elliott is a nice person. I like Joyce Ell- Elliott personally as a person, but I abhor her policies, abhor her policies and so i don't have anything good to say about her policies at all she as far as i'm concerned she's anti-second amendment um i would think that if you really dug into it a little bit you'd find she's anti-first amendment and uh, you know that's 
you trying to get rid of two of the Bill of Rights? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think I vote for a person like that. Yeah, what, Elizabeth? You know, you couldn't have a more stark difference, again, in the choices between Joyce and French, as just like we do on the national stage. It's so, so clear and so obvious. No, that, that's right, and that's a very good point, Elizabeth. And, and look, I, I think at the, at the end of the day, y- you have to look at the candidates and what they believe in. And in this race, sometimes it is difficult to know who believes what, and everybody claims something else. And you've got some races Not across the state and the legislature where you've got some Democrats who say, no, no, I'm actually really a Republican. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> But in this case, the differences could not be more stark. And I think that, uh, you know, uh, Arkansans who go to the polls, who've already gone to the polls, who are going to the polls today, and we need you to, um, it's, it's not hard uh, uh, to tell the two apart for sure. And so I think that um, today is going to be really good uh, for Republicans. I think this is going to cement uh, uh, AR2 as a Republican stronghold, yep. and we're going to get away from that talk of, you know, this is a competitive seat. Uh, it'll be it'll be close, but this race is always close to some degree with a few points. Um, but again, yeah. I just think that... Even uh, Vic Snyder, his races were within, what, three and four points? Yeah, and I think that's the nature yeah. of, this, of this district. But as Faulkner and Celine continue to grow... Um, and, and the base for Joyce really in the heart of Little Rock. I mean, you've got, there's just, she's, yeah. she's been around for so long, Dave, you, 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 uh, mentioned a lot of this, that just the policies she stood for, there's been a lot, there's look, I still maintain there's a lot of, there are, there are, there's a faction of Democrats in Pulaski County that, that will not support Joyce Elliott for whatever reason. And there's more, uh, believe it or not, I think there's even more, you know, Biden Hill type voters than there would ever be some sort of Trump Elliott voters. And so there's a lot of things that are going to go the congressman's way this evening um, that I think will be difficult for for uh, uh, State Senator Elliott to overcome. Um, but, you know, we'll see. That's why we have elections. But but I feel really, really good about it. And then the rest of the state is is going to be really nice. And I think there's going to be an opportunity for Republicans uh, in the state legislature to pick up a couple of seats as well. You know, when Joyce Elliott got on my radar screen, I've told you this, uh, Elizabeth, it was a long time ago when she got on my my radar screen. It's when Governor Huckabee asked her to carry his water and uh, carry uh, the whole thing about giving illegal aliens yep. taxpayer money to go to college in Arkansas. Here in Arkansas, that's right. Yeah, I'm sorry, Mike, I have not forgotten that. I haven't forgotten. That's why we don't talk politics when we get together. We talk about other things, and we can laugh about other things. But I can't laugh about politics with you. I really can't. Uh, you're you're a you're a solid conservative now. There was a time when you were not. Well, I have to agree with that. As governor, he um, did not exhibit those same traits, did he? No, I don't um, believe he did. But. But his daughter, who appeared in Conway, Faulkner County, on Saturday for the French Hill Rally, brought out a lot of people. I talked to several folks who came to see her. Just what you said, Jr. gets the base very, very excited. And it went really, really well. It would be nice to see. It's always a struggle between Faulkner County and Pulaski County. And being in Faulkner County, we feel it here. Push, pull, push, pull between the liberals in Faulkner Pulaski, and I think Faulkner County is going to stay solidly 
conservative. Well, we have six JP races up tonight. Yeah, to, that's, uh, that's a very good challenge. Point. That's a very, very good point. And, and look, you know, anybody listening, going into work right now, uh, you know, we talk about Faulkner, Celine White being Republican strongholds, but they're only Republican strongholds because Republicans come out and vote. And so we that need is correct. you to go to the polls today. Uh, vote. Uh, don't wait to the last minute. You never know what's going to happen. When you get a chance, go vote today, please. We need it. Um, it's important. Uh, and we've talked about this for uh, many, many months, that this is the most consequential election uh, in our history, um, and especially here in the state of Arkansas, where there may not be that much on the ballot, uh, but there are some key races on the ballot that we absolutely need Republicans to turn out for. And like I said before, we have some uh, key legislative races uh, that uh, Republicans could you know, possibly pick up another couple of seats, and that would be really, really big as well. Okay, so you're talking about Gilmore. Down yeah. south. Ben Gilmore against uh, incumbent state senator Eddie Cheatham in the Crossed area. I can see Gilmore winning that race. I feel really good uh, about Ben. He's worked he's really, really good. Yeah, well, he's 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 worked really, really hard. He's worked um, hard, yeah. Uh, he's been in it since July of last year. Uh, he had a tough primary against a well-funded opponent, and mm-hmm. so he you know got his name uh, sort of embedded uh, during the primary, and he's worked even harder in the general. And so I feel really, really good. Uh, about Ben. You've got another one down there in the House, uh, Howard Beatty, who's running yep. against uh, incumbent uh, State Representative Leanne Birch. Um, that one, you know, I, I feel really good about Howard. I think Howard has really, really poured it on um, uh, in, in the last couple of months for sure. I mean, you know, mail, radio, digital, I mean, it's just been attack, 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 uh, and then also showing what a true conservative is in Howard Beatty. Those are going to be close uh, for sure. Just anytime you have an incumbent that people are, you know, that know and, and are familiar with, uh, those races are going to be tight. But I just absolutely believe that the Trump turnout in South Arkansas is going to be huge. And I just don't see in the world how someone votes for a Trump, a Cotton, and then a Democrat. It just yeah. doesn't happen. So I feel really good about those races. And then there's a, a few others out there um, that uh, could go the Republicans' way. Uh, and we've got a couple, you know, we've got a few open seats as well uh, where there's quote-unquote uh, competition, but I feel, again, really, really good about uh, Republicans in the legislature uh, come, you know, 7.30 tonight. And you know what I have to say about legislative races? They can be, at times, more important than presidential uh, elections oh, because I, your state government has much more impact on you than the federal government at times a thousand percent i mean that's what we're seeing in texas right now i mean there's a chance that if you know democrats don't perform well across the board as far as the state goes there is a chance that they could take back the state house for the first time since what 2004 i thought maybe 2000 something like that so uh legislative races are huge they're key and what i love about the state of arkansas is that we are a small state but we come together and we unify as a party regardless of the competition within. Uh-huh. And that's what you've seen from uh, some of our um, more prominent uh, you know, individuals in the party and leaders that have come together for French Hill, you know, said this is the guy we need. Um, and and that's, that's the sign of a strong party is when you can disagree with, with each other, um, but you come together when it's important. I just gave the universal sign for break here, Elizabeth, but you couldn't see it because you're on the phone. We'll be back in a moment. Let's take a break. Today, we've got a 6 o'clock hour and 7 o'clock hour. There will not be a 6 p.m. hour today. We will join up with uh, the Salem Radio Network 
at mm-hmm. 6 o'clock to begin our election coverage here on 101. Now, I'll be back on, and so will Elizabeth, at uh, 7 o'clock tonight until 10. Robert Steinbeck's going to join with us. Uh, Josh is going to join us in, I think, the last hour. So we'll get a liberal viewpoint of the election from him. And uh, then we'll probably call up JT. JT. Yeah, JR. We'll call up JR. It's going to be a long day, Dave. Uh, It's just two letters. You can call me whatever you Uh, want. I'll call up JR and talk to him. Uh, I'll be calling Jan Morgan, talking to her. There's a lot of different people that have joined us during the evening. I will not be on the air tomorrow. Alan Kerr will be filling in with me. You know, when I was in my 30s, no big deal to go and wait until midnight to get home uh, and then get back up at 3 o'clock and come back in and work. I ain't that spring chicken anymore. I'm just telling you. So uh, I'm on the phone. Yeah, I will be taking. Yeah, that's why. That's why Elizabeth. She said I didn't want to drive in in the morning. I said, okay, that's fine. All I'm going to be holding campaign signs today too. So yeah, I tried. I tried to get you to come in by saying, "Well, I'll take you to breakfast to BJ's." And you said, that's not enough, Dave. Uh, that's all That's all, That's all. all my wallet can afford. So anyway, <laughs> that's the way it is. So I'll be back with you on Thursday. And Alan Kerr told me I'll either be laughing or crying on Wednesday morning. And it may not be either one yet on yeah. that. I think we're going to be biting our nails still. Yeah, I. You know, I'm just hoping... With all the excitement I've seen, if you've looked at these pictures at the rallies for Trump, it can't help but instill you with the feeling that we're winning this thing. I mean, 29,000 people in Bradley, Pennsylvania, 29... People, two-mile-long lines? I, just, I mean, this is what's so funny to me, too. It's, it's you know, 2020, this would be the perfect exclamation point is a is a just crazy end to an election year in 2020, right? I mean, what and else? And then a blowout by yeah, Trump. Man. That would be oh, yeah. that would be amazing to me. But I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but it very well could be. If there was no COVID, I would tell you right now, there would be no doubt Easy. that this president was being reelected and reelected in overwhelming numbers. A break and then more. JR is here, of course, from the Gilmore Group, and then Elizabeth is here on the phone. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's finish up this hour. Elizabeth, then you can go wave some signs and and relax a little bit. Uh, you're going to be here at the studio by 645, right? Oh, of course. Okay. Ready to go. Got to see what's going to happen after 7 p.m. Going to buy. Going to grab yourself up. A Popeye's chicken sandwich or something? I don't have a clue yet how it's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> what you want to get? And, uh, Jr. where are you going to be tonight? Are you going to be at Gilmore Group and watching I'm, the computers? I'm going to be with, uh, I'm going to be with uh, Congressman Hill's campaign okay. um, and the embassy. Uh, and uh, so we're going to be there watching the numbers come in. Oh, good. I can um, call you then. Yeah, and uh, and so we'll be we'll be studying that, monitoring that, uh, and and hopefully we're seeing some early stuff that makes us feel pretty good. Um, and then of course we've got you know all the different campaigns that you know for the most part we'll be setting up shop in the embassy. So it's kind of a you know shooting fish in a barrel, Dave. So yeah, so. we're going to be sitting up here in the studio uh, this year. We decided not to go back to the embassy. 
for the GOP party that was there, it's a little bit harder to hear. Yeah. Uh, oh, Lord, it was hard to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I, I think that uh, uh, I, I have told a lot of folks that have asked, you know, you, you prepare for a long night, but yeah. hope for an early one. Uh, yeah, I'm, ho- I'm hoping so, like at nine o'clock they're calling it. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll I, I think we'll know. Um, I, I don't think there's going to be anything that's too, uh, uh, you know, uh, too much left over uh, before the end of. Uh, the night for AR2, I think we'll know. We'll have a pretty good uh, idea for sure. Um, and so that's that's the good news. And so we will um, just, you know, I know the congressman's going to be out waving signs, uh, making some stops today. He's going to be working hard at the finish line. And then um, we're, we're depending on folks that are listening right now that if you haven't voted, go out, vote, uh, especially if you're in the Saline, Faulkner, White County areas. Uh, you need to go out, cast your vote, uh, send French Hill back to Congress. That's the most important race in Arkansas uh, this election um, to keep our uh, our uh, stronghold on the delegation. All members are Republican. Uh, yep. It was historic when we did it, yep. so let's keep it that way. Uh, and again, I want to say one other thing about Congressman Hill. Uh, so much about elections are keeping your promises, and everything that he has promised he has done as a member of Congress for Arkansas Congressional District. Just That's like right. Trump. That's right. Um, I mean, he's, he's, he's promised to cut taxes. He did it. Promised to strengthen Medicare and Social Security. He's done it. He did. Uh, he strengthened the you know workforce education in Arkansas, which is so, so important, but it's not talked about that much. Uh, it's so, so important to give the next generation an opportunity for success. Uh, you name it, he's done it, and uh, and he'll continue to do that in Washington. So we got to make sure he's back there battling the Pelosi's of the world. That's the biggest lie during this election campaign. That's right. That has bothered me the most. And I've said, if Joyce Elliott didn't realize what Trump and what uh, Congressman French Hill had done uh, with that law dealing with uh, Social Security and for uh, Medicare, she didn't deserve to be in Congress. And if she did know what they did and she was still saying that they were trying to destroy Social Security and uh, Medicare, she's nothing but a terrible liar. Well, let me just leave you with this, and this is important for everyone to know. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 cut taxes at every level except for the very like smallest level when they already pay the least amount of taxes of any group it cut taxes throughout middle class income categories and it also this is according to congressional budget office and this is the black and white they take what the tax code is and they say this is what we you know this is what we forecast that's when you see cbo cbo Uh, Medicare solvency improved as a result, yep. and Social Security was strengthened because payroll taxes increased uh, to help pay for Social Security. So Social Security, Medicare, both were strengthened by the TCJA, which is a complete lie from the opposition. Yeah, so remember it is. That. Uh, they, look, the Democrats have been lying about that for years, but this year has been unbelievable. And for you who are a senior citizen, which I'm considered a senior citizen now, uh, if you believed them, you didn't do your homework and shame That's on right. you. Just, That's right. Just remember, the H in Democrat stands for honesty. 
Yeah. Well, get out. They say. Get out and vote. Let's have a good night in the second district. Tonight. That's right. I'll talk vote, to you later, Jr. Thanks, Dave. Elizabeth, Thanks, I'll Elizabeth. see you here at the studio in the near future, and uh, we'll see what happens tonight. Election twenty twenty. Jr. In the studio. Yeah. We'll talk to everybody later here on the Dave Ellsworth Show Bible Guy next. Tuesday, Election Day. Polls are now open. They opened at 7 o'clock. They're closed tonight, I believe, at 7.30. But it may be 7 o'clock. Bottom line is, if you haven't voted, go and vote. Don't believe the polls that tell you Trump is going to win Arkansas 60-40. Let's make it (laughs) 70-30 or 80-20. Because the more of you who show up and vote for the president... You'll vote down ticket Republican as well. And that's important. It's important that you think about those other races as well, depending on which uh, county you're in. And listening to the show today, you're either in District 2 or you're in District 3. Hold on. District 1. You're in 1 or 2. Rick Crawford is in District 1, and he's expected to win overwhelmingly. Uh, re-election later today. Uh, I would go along with that. Uh, Three would be Womack. He's expected to win re-election. And then District 4 is Congressman Westerman. And I expect that he will be re-elected. And then I expect Hill to get re-elected here in District 2. And uh, the last two elections... For District 2, they've said, well, we got really good candidates. They had Clark Tucker two years ago, and he got his rear end tanned pretty hard. And now he's running for, a, uh, I think, a state representative uh, place. And uh, Joyce Elliott is, of course, this year's uh, candidate. We'll see if they really think that they can pull it off. It, it won't be for lack of spending money. All right. I'll just tell you that. There's, If you heard... JR speak about that. I think he said $7 million has been spent wow. on that house seat. That is an incredible amount of money. Well, they're trying. Yep, they are trying. Really are. They're doing that. All right, so Steve is here with us today. Uh, I got a uh, text from Pastor uh, yesterday, and Scott said he couldn't make it today. And we understand there's been a death in the family of Billy Miller. So uh, he won't be here today. So it's just me and Steve. So don't tick him off. I'm just telling you. <laughs> the military Steve might show up. I don't, I don't bring him out too often anymore. There's... You know, working with you is like when I worked. I used to work with uh, uh, Ray Lincoln. Hmm. You know, he says, Dave... We'll try to keep Ray on the air on it because we don't want to get Ram on the air. But you know the um, the one I, I jokingly use military Steve quite a bit. 
And you know what Military Steve is, is um, it's not mean, it's not somebody who's fighting, it's direct, blunt, and to the point. That's right. And, yeah. that, and, and most, most people, people don't, don't like, like it. That. They don't like it. You just tell them the way it is, and, and, and in the environment, in the military, you don't have time to worry about feelings or emotions, and it's really that's the way it should be in a lot of church, but a lot of people take great offense when you just tell them the way it is. Yeah, I've always found that interesting because I much rather have somebody just look at me and not waste my time yep. and try to and, and and try to pad everything that they're saying you know just tell me the way it is yeah, man. it's like don't don't get mad at me for telling you that you asked if you're in shape or not and if i tell you you're fat then go to the gym don't get mad at me because i called it like it is yeah <laughs> yeah well i when i got let go at a previous radio station i'll never forget they came in and you know we're really sorry i said oh cut the crap right now are you letting me go well yeah okay thanks what uh, what do i need to do now and they told me and i said see you later and i just got up and walked out right nothing there's nothing more to say you've made your decision right it was a wrong one you know that now <laughs> right but uh you you cut me loose so that's just the way it goes all right so we got a uh a question for us here it says dear dave and the bible guys I'm wondering if you guys could talk about who you think might win the election and then go through what you think the country would look like if Biden wins versus if Trump wins. So I'll let you start it off, Steve. Who do you think will win the election? He says might win. Mm. Just say, who do you think? Right. Yeah, it's um, this is from a non-educated, non-spiritually insight <laughs> Like God didn't tell me or anything like yeah. that, or and I don't spend the amount of time that uh, you do involved in the entire process, but just looking at everything on the surface. And I do stay in, pretty involved with the, the news. I watch and look at so many different uh, sources and listen to so many different podcasts. So I, I consider myself fairly informed. And it sure seems like um, the the people on the left have underestimated the uh, clingers. You know the the Bible and God people, yeah, and uh, the people who actually still love this country um, hate a socialistic agenda, um, hate the uh, push for everything that people being called racist or bigots or sexist or Bible thumpers. And I think they're just, I think they're going to come out in droves. And I ultimately think that uh, Trump will win uh, because you've probably used this when you just see the rallies. You see how many oh, people. There's Lord. just there's no motivation to to vote for Mr. Biden and. And it's kind of it's uh, it's unfortunately it's kind of sad because of of how many he was already a gaff machine before he got as old as he is and um, to see how many things he's been doing in the mental faculties is really a great concern and I think a lot of people are paying attention to that and I ultimately think that that the president will win and and I think that uh, I'm afraid that the people on the left are going to lose their mind ten times worse than they did over the last four years. Did you see the cartoon that Kamala Harris's campaign put out? Mm-mm. And it showed how everybody's trying to climb to the top of the mountain, you know, to get to be uh, equal and equitable. And it says at the end, yes, we'll get to the top of the hill and we'll all be equal. Oh, that's the I did. That's see a, a reference. That is a socialist is, yeah. talking point. Yeah, I saw the I saw the headline. I think uh, I forget which news source it was, but it says they went full Marxist on the last they day. They did, and it was referencing. I think it was referencing that. I mean, it was. Yeah. I'm. I mean, I should send that to uh, Elizabeth, and if you're still listening, Elizabeth, um, I'll send it to you. I'll find it and send it to you. You got to see it. Mm. It, it. It's a. 
at the end when they show the the last picture of the cartoon, it'd be perfect for a an old uh, poster out of the the Soviet Union. I um I, <clears throat> I got to go teach uh, some people in uh, uh, Croatia twelve years ago now before I retired, and there was an old guy, and I think I've told this story before, but it really fits along with that mentality. Uh, and this man was a driver. Uh, for some Russian generals. That's what he did for his life, was to be a driver. He was an, an older man, uh, probably in his late 70s then, and he was talking about how good it was that we were there and we were doing they were doing work with the military in America and all that kind of stuff. And he said, um, and the reason he said that is because the people don't know what it was like to live in that environment and in that, in that world. Soviet r- rule. Correct. And, and so he... Um, uh, and I think that if you could get more people who are out there, they're never going to put them up because the media is all on board and all that stuff. But they would actually tell you what it's like to live in this, quote unquote, utopia where everybody shares. It just doesn't work. Why? Because it will work in the kingdom of God, <laughs> but it's not going to work here. Yeah. And you're going to take away all of, you know, you got to take away all of uh, us, basically, to get where mm-hmm. they want us to go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't think. Americans want a socialist country. However, I will say this. Uh, I was amazed at COVID-19, mm. how much people gave up their rights to yeah. the federal government. Yeah. Federal government said, you got to do this, got to do that. Now they said, now it's your governor has to tell you to do these things. And even our governor has told us to do those things. And we've done them. Uh, I understand at the very beginning, maybe doing some of that stuff just because we didn't know what we were Correct. dealing with. Correct. But once we knew what we were doing with, uh, dealing with, when we started seeing the numbers and understanding what was happening, I don't understand why anybody would have mm-hmm. given up what they wanted. So do the majority of Americans want a socialist nation? I like to think No. But then I saw during COVID-19 that they're willing to take that on. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of the same way at the beginning. I was, I was like, all right, well, we're going to hunker down because we don't know if we're dealing with the next Spanish flu here. Or, you know, we don't know if we're going to deal with tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people dying. But then when it became evident that that was not the case, then, yeah, there should have been an immediately come out and go, yep, this is bad. It's a little bit worse than the flu. And we're going to have more deaths. but. You know, and, and you can probably cite all of the statistics about the suicide rate and all of the other stuff that's gone up it's as a result. Gone up of, everywhere. Yeah, as a result of people being locked down and being at home, not being able to go to church, not being able to get their you know, spiritual needs met because they're just stuck at home and not having that that touch, that fellowship, that one on one that that we're made to do. With. Yeah, as far as uh, you know, looking at alcoholism, drug abuse, yeah. domestic abuse, everything is up. Yep. It is up. So uh, keep that in mind. So what do we think the country would look like if Biden wins? You can go first. <laughs> um, th- I would just tell you to um, go take a drive through um, Baltimore and Chicago and Detroit and L.A., uh, Seattle and Portland and see not only just drive through and see um the fact that the, the control that they've had over the over those cities for so long and then how they balance their books, all of the above. Uh, but if you go and look and look at it from the spiritual standpoint, 
I, I really believe that when you what you see happening in those places where people drop all morals, all ethics, you know, that they say basically anybody can be whatever they want to be. They can do whatever they want to do. There's without restriction. Then we begin to see what was spoken to us in Romans 1 about being how God just turned the people over to their reprobate mind, to their own mind, to their own thoughts, their own desires. And they will live uh, in those cities and in this country. And I just think it would continue to go down the spiral that this nation has where pornography is on every channel and immorality is on every channel and it's just i think it would just increase because there is no restriction there is no fear of god in that party at all well they don't even have god in their no, they platform no nope. it's not not there okay if trump wins how do you think it's going to look <clears throat> well i caution um the my conservative christian friends to put our hope purely in um the president as you know he might be the savior of America. He might be the savior of conservatism, but he's not the savior of the world. And I do believe that the people on the left are going to go crazy, even more so than they are that if he wins, because they just can't, they would find it unfathomable that the majority of this people in this country would vote for him. And, and because he loves this country, not because he's a perfect man, not because he's a holy man, but because he loves this country and he's for Israel, he's against abortion. Uh, it's for individualism and all those things that America was initially about. I think they would have a hard time accepting that. But I also don't believe that would it would instantaneously make us a moral and ethical people. Oh no, we can we can reelect a president and we can reelect people on the right. But the truth of the matter is, there's as much corruption on the right as there is on the left. And unless we have a real spiritual revival in this nation, it doesn't matter who wins. So there has to be an outpouring of the Spirit of God. There has to be a call for repentance from the pulpits. And so if he wins, I think that it may look good on the surface at, on, at front, but um, eventually that if we don't have a revival and a spiritual and patriotic awakening, then the only thing that we just talked about with the left will eventually come. But we can change all of that overnight if people would just cry out to God. All right. So what do I think a Biden uh, country will look like and a Trump country? I'll tell you when we come back. we got to get our first break in. Steve is here, and uh, he'll be with us for the hour the pastor is out, and Billy Miller is out. So it's me and Steve here on the Bible Guy today, <laughs> 19 minutes after 7 here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. Quickly, know that uh, the folks at PI Roofing are waiting for you uh, to give them a call at 707-3551. Now, that's the number I call. There is no special number that you call that gives you suddenly, you know, uh some kind of inner access. It's kind of like when you watch, what is it, the uh, uh, the, the commercials on TV about uh, State Farm, and everybody's talking about the great deal they got with State Farm, and uh, people are excited, and they're giving the, the agent the extra, you know, extra big stakes, and uh, the lady shows up with the pizza, and and the drinks and all of that for him, and and they're saying thanks for what you did. And you did well. I do it for everybody, you know. Well, that's the way it works at PI Roofing. Everybody gets the exact same treatment. Uh, now, the same treatment includes that they take good care of you because of COVID nineteen. They do the social distancing. Uh, they wear masks. They do all of that. You don't have to go into the office to get the work done. You don't have somebody have to come in and, and into your house to, to talk to you. They can do all of that uh, by texting, you uh, by talking on the phone, 
uh, or on uh, the uh, internet. So you don't have to worry about that. That's all taken care of. Here's the other thing you don't have to worry about. The professionalism that they do at PI Roofing. I know this for a fact because I've used them several times. If you want the best professional service you can get taking care of your roof, you will use PI Roofing. Again, their phone number is 707-3551. 707-3551 or visit them online at piroofing.com. All right, so let me answer the end of the question that was directed at me that we have. You know, what would a Biden America look like and what would a Trump America look like? Uh, A Biden America would look at like uh, you'd have less money Mm -hmm. because whether they will admit it or not, the Trump tax cuts got uh, every... uh, family, married family with children, about an extra $6,000 a year, about $3,000 if you're single. So you're going to lose money uh, if Biden wins. Uh, if you're, uh, you're going to lose even more money because if you're going to charge the people at the top more money to be here in the United States, that's what he's saying when he says no one under $400,000. I'm going to I'm going after the rich $400,000. Do you remember when the rich used to be millionaires? Now we're at $400,000. Just know that if a company, if the big companies, the big corporations are uh, saddled with higher taxes, uh they're not going to pay for them. That's right. You're going to pay for them in higher prices uh for the products that they sell. Just know that. You're going to end up paying for it. Uh, my dad used to always tell me, you, it's the guy at the bottom that, you know, always pays. And uh, we will pay if Biden gets in. Uh, you look at the gas pump and gas prices are low. If Biden gets in and starts moving us away from fossil fuels, they will go up. Gas prices will go up. In uh, the meantime... If you're somewhere where you pay for heating oil, that price is going to go up. Energy prices will go up. Here in Arkansas, electric prices will go up. So whether you like it or not, you're going to pay more. Just It's just the way it will be. Uh, you can't stop uh, an economy from being based on fossil fuels and turn around and make it you know, solar and wind power when those particular types of uh, energy makers are not as uh, as not as economically feasible and uh, low as what, uh, you know, natural gas is, for instance, or coal, for instance. So you got all of that kind of stuff to take into consideration know that uh, the the Democrats will say it's all right for a, excuse me, a boy who identifies as a girl to use the girls' locker rooms. I mean, Obama did that. Mm -hmm. I can't expect that Biden wouldn't follow the same type of thing. Uh, That's just a few things. Uh, Under Trump, the things that I just told you won't happen. Just not going to happen. He's going to cut taxes further. 
and uh, he's going to make sure that there's more money in your paycheck. He will create more jobs. Uh, he will make it so that the lowest can have a job and have a decent living. Those are things that can happen. Uh, now, as far as the left's view of this country morally and the way they want uh, things to be, it's not going to be that way under Trump. I'm just telling you that that's what your choice is. All right, we got Rush coming up. Let's do that. Then we'll come back with more. All right, got another question. And what a big surprise. He takes us back into talking about, uh, you know, what would Jesus do, supposedly? How would he vote? Uh, and I'm I'm going to give you the question in a second. Before I do that, let me tell you, if you got questions about the jewelry that you want to give for somebody for Christmas, now's the time to get your request in. Derek Coleman over at uh, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry, 3000 Cavanaugh. Uh, you don't have to worry about spending thousands upon thousands of dollars for a nice piece of jewelry. Uh, Eric will do his best to give you a really good price. And I'll tell you, if it's something that you want in diamonds, he can save you thousands of dollars. If it's a wedding set or an engagement set, if it's like that, uh, I'm looking at, uh, I know for a fact that he can save you a whole lot of money. That's at 3000 Cavanaugh. It is Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. All right, back to uh, the Bible guy. Steve is the only, Steve Hess, Pastor Steve Hess, is the only person who's with us today because uh, though Scott is out, evidently he's listening, mm-hmm. and uh, he got another text of a question and it says um, how would Jesus uh, vote in an election Uh, would he vote A in the spirit or B uh, in the world how would he vote Hmm. you and I already knew this question was coming and had thought about it and I said that and you've said the same thing we both said the same thing it was funny and we hadn't talked about it and steve said he'd write his name in yep. and i and i said the same thing yep. that's exactly what i said uh he would be looking at what could be done uh if we didn't follow an earthly leader yep. but followed our spiritual father yep yeah i think that it was kind of funny that we both kind of had that same mentality is that, uh, yeah, he would write his name in because we got to remember, and it's one of the things we need to think about today as we move forward and people look at voting in this nation and, and please get everybody get out and take advantage of this gift that is not available to everybody around the world and, and, and choose the leaders that follow biblical guidelines and biblical morals and ethics. But I think that, um, and, we, and we need to remember ultimately, though, that the kingdoms of this world are going to become the kingdoms of our Lord. So that's why, you know, Dave and I kind of had that same mentality about it is because it's ultimately about his kingdom, about God's kingdom. And I do think that Jesus would write himself in, but I think he would also take to task both parties. I think that it, on the surface, I would say he would lean more towards a Republican side simply because of life uh, and the nation of Israel. Uh, he loves his people. He loves his land. And he, he would, and the Republican Party, that the president and all of that support Israel and they support life. They're against the murder of children. So I, I would think that would lean him a little bit 
uh, towards the right. But at the same time, he would also look at things um, that are from the left, and, and that's why I think he'd be more independently minded and ask us to bring two things together. And that's from the, the Democratic side where they push about things, the environment and things about the poor. And so I think that he would pull from both and say that if you could just bring all of that together in, the, in a single ticket, then you would have, I think, something that's totally biblical. Uh, but the big thing would be his about his people, his nation, Israel, and then the murder of children is why I think he would lean towards voting. Uh, why not lean, but why I think he'd be more of a publicly minded person. But then he would also tell those republicly minded people, church people, to take care of the poor and to take care yeah. of the environment. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Correct. I mean, the church is supposed to be taking care of the widow and the orphan. Correct. Yeah, we, we kind of abdicated that responsibility, and we kind of think it's the state's responsibility now, uh, and it's unfortunate, and hopefully we get that back, because okay, that's the reason we were given the 5163. I've got a question about that, sure. that piece of, I don't know what the verse is exactly, and maybe you can pull that up out of your Bible, about where it says to take care of the uh, person who's an orphan and of the, of the uh, widow. Is that person, is it only the widows and the children that are tied to God's kingdom through the church, or is it everybody? I've, there's, I've heard it on both sides. Right. No, it, it's absolutely everybody. But primarily when it first talks about, um, they, they actually go through, if you go back to Acts 6, and Acts 6 is when they're talking about picking the... Uh, <clears throat> the seven men full of the Holy Ghost to be leaders, and that was because they were they were dealing with the daily rationings, and they were coming into the church, and then the the people known as the Hellenists were saying, "Hey, our people are being left behind. Our widows and orphans are being left behind," and so they were arguing for them, and so that was the people that were within their community. But obviously, when Jesus started using the parables and he started talking about the Samaritans, he's talking about people that are outside the kingdom. Okay. And so, yes, we're going to first take care of those who are in the camp, and we got to make sure that we're good in the camp before we seek to go outside the community and affect the larger community. And I believe it's all of the above. So first, you got to take care of the house of God and take care of the, the widows and the orphans that are within your care. And then you have to go out and affect the entire community by your charity, by your giving, um, by your love. And all of those things. So, yeah, first in the house and then out. All right. So bottom line is that we're expected to do that. That's where – is that with our 10 percent or beyond our 10 percent? Well, if you look at the how the tenth was given and if you put it in the context of when it was given with the temple, that was actually part of the ministry of the priesthood was to take all of that that came in. Uh, and then not only take care of the temple of God, take care of the priests and their families and those lands and all that, but they also took care of those who were in need. Uh, and if everybody tithed and who names the name of Christ today, there would be billions of dollars available for those kind of ministries. And so, yes, it was part of in the house, but when you got people who are something like 17 or 18 percent of the people who go to church actually tithe, uh, and so it's kind of hard to develop all of those other ministries when these other things that are need to be taken care of as well uh, when there's just not enough funds that come in but yes it's part of it it okay, would be now, easy I, to do i used to be in the part that didn't tithe all right and i always said to myself well god wants me to take care of my own so you know as soon as i can take care of my own and then start tithing i will well guess what uh, 
I always found ways to spend more money mm-hmm. for my family and things of that nature. And the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, talked to me. I know a lot of you that freaks you out when I talk <laughs> like that, but did talk to me. And now I tithe 10% yep. of everything. Yep. I mean, I tithe, I tithe 10% of what I get back from the government and uh, and give it to my my uh, my church which is new life church in cabin uh if i won the lottery i would the first 10 percent would go off the top and i would give it to my church probably more mm-hmm. i would give uh as well but uh, again if you're not giving and you're using that excuse well i can't hardly make my bills right now well maybe you got too many bills because yep. You're too materialistic like I was at one time. I'm lucky that the Lord led me out of that. And you're supposed to set it aside first because then you'll find out that if you don't set it aside first, then all these other things will crop up. So just like you would send out your mortgage first, you set out the tithe, and then you'll find out you're not going to go, well, I can't pay my mortgage because I'll pay that after I pay all my other expenditures. Well, then you'll be out on your own. But if you set that aside, you'll find that God will honor his word and you will not have. I think it was in, it's in Malachi. Yeah. And I think it's the verse where God says, test me. Correct. It's the only place yep. where God says, you know, go ahead, test me, see what I'll and do people, for you. Pastor Scott uses this quite a bit, and it's a great example. And um, it's when uh, Abraham uh, brought tithe to Melchizedek. And so tithe existed before the, quote-unquote, the law. When people say we're not underneath the law, we're no, no longer under the Old Testament, well, you got to look that prior to the law, there was already an established principle that existed that we are to give a tenth. And so it's it's just how we honor God and what comes in. And, and if we had that happening, there would be enough for us to take care of all of these things that are now been you know given over to the government. All right. We got to get a break in. It's quarter till eight. It's our final uh, 15 minutes coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, we're into our final segment. Remember, this is my final segment today because uh, uh, we will not be on at 6 o'clock. We will be on at 7 o'clock to cover what's going on as far as the election. That will go until 10 And then uh, we'll be with the Salem Radio Network starting at 6 and then be with the Salem Radio Radio Network again at 10. We should know fairly well what's going on here in Arkansas on the elections. And that's what I zero in on when I do election night. I don't spend all the time looking at the national races. Uh, And tonight... With all the mail-in ballots and everything, there's, you know, there could be a decision tonight if it turns out to be a blowout for either candidate. Yep. I don't know if I'm willing to call a blowout for either candidate. I think Trump wins, but I think it's going to take a few days to make sure that it's all said and done. And, you know, the I's are dotted, the T's are crossed, and the... And the uh, the Democrats are crying so hard that <laughs> right. they really can't go to court about everything. Right. It's just kind of the way I look at it. So anyway, we'll start at uh, 7 o'clock tonight, just so you know. But Salem will start at 6 o'clock tonight with their election coverage. That's because on the West East Coast, polls close at 7 o'clock, 6 o'clock our time. 
So they'll be pontificating and guessing at that point, just so you know. Yeah, I got to work till about 10, so I, uh, I'll find out when I get so off. So that's 11 o'clock Eastern. So yeah. we'll, when you get off and you can look and kind of watch, you'll be able to see kind of what's going on. But there's just, I mean, look at Pennsylvania. They're saying they can count absentee ballots to nine days after, right. even if there is no postmark. Uh, postmark. Man, that just screams for possibility of corruption. Yeah, well, sure it does. And they're not even checking to see if the uh, signatures match up of the person. They should have a a signature card somewhere that they can look at it and then look at the signature on the the, uh, ballot, and they're not going to do that. That was kind of the way they were leaning here in Pulaski County Hmm. uh, a couple of months ago, and... Thank goodness uh, some uh, conservatives on the election uh, council said, no, I don't think so. You know, so they pulled back on that. So I'm glad to see that they did. But it's got to be watched. Well, what whatever happens, whatever happens, it's about the kingdom of God. Yep. It's not about the kingdom of America. So we need to remember that no matter who wins, left or right, that we need to remember that we're serving the king of kings, the Lord of lords. That's what we're here to do. And I'm not, and 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 I don't think you know what you're hearing, Steve. Say you're saying, well, whoever wins was supposed to win. I don't. Conti- I'm not a Calvinist, no. as that goes. No. So what I forget what the Armenian or whatever yeah, it is that yep. comes up. I believe that man makes decisions for Correct. himself. Correct. And guess what? Whoever wins tonight may not be the guy that God wanted to win. Correct. And that's uh, one guy I listen to on a regular basis talks about how he never prays for a candidate. He always prays for the will of God because it could be that the, the one that God gives us could be for our blessing or it could be for our judgment. We just don't know the purposes and the could plans. Could be for our discipline. Could be. And that's what we have to um, just kind of trust in the sovereignness. But at the same time, we don't do like a lot of Christians have done, and that is just stay home that's because right. we could actually change the course um, if we would get out and vote. And millions and millions and millions of evangelicals have stayed home over the years. And well, you were talking about Charlie Kirk. Yep. All right. Look around. You see all these signs. That says, I love capitalism. You're entitled to nothing. Uh, those were personally given to me from Charlie Kirk. Uh-huh. I've had Charlie Kirk on for years when we would go to CPAC. Same with Ben Shapiro. I had Ben Shapiro on when he's a 16-year-old kid. I, I identified with his op-eds of this was a smart, smart kid. Right. And, uh, you know, he's done well, very well. He went to college, graduated early, went to graduate school, law school, graduated early, and now he's one of the leading uh, voices here in conservatism. But going back to Charlie Kirk, you were quoting something that he said in a roundtable. I said 54 million people who identify as uh, conservative evangelical Christians don't vote. And then if we remember, think about that, right? It's and he said we could change the course if we voted biblically, moral, and morals and ethics. Because I think normally we only get about a fifty to fifty-five percent turnout is what normally happens during an average election. Mm-hmm. So that's one hundred and fifty million, you know, or whatever, something like that. And so yeah, if those other people who identify as conservative Christians would got out and vote, if ten percent of them got out and vote, who normally did, we could change the course. And a of lot nation. of them don't vote because they're Calvinists. Correct. They think, that, well, it's just God's will. It's like, well, no, God gave you a choice. That's exactly right. Yep. He expects you to take part. Yep. He expects you to have an impact on your culture. Correct. 
and then you get the leaders uh, that you deserve. And if you uh, don't get out and vote, then you deserve the poor leaders from the left. Yeah, I mean, that's that is why I'm I was such a big Schaefer Knight and I still am Francis Schaefer because that's what he said if you want the only way to change the culture mm-hmm. is to get in and be salt and light correct that's correct. the only way you can you can't sit back and put it under a bushel and not let it shine or 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 not sprinkle it on the meat correct. it just or let it be trampled underfoot it has no effect on your culture at all correct and it, we don't right now because we've we've got this mentality that the more we look like the world, that somehow they'll they'll gravitate towards the message of the gospel, yeah. and it couldn't be further from the truth. Well, the gospel's not of the world. Correct. Come on, guys. Right. I mean, that's just to me that that's just silliness when you start thinking. Well, we got the boat, and we're going to save the people, but we're going to let a lot of water in right from outside Try during and balance the flood. It out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, it don't no. work that way. And if it goes the in a direction that we don't don't believe is the right direction i always tell people that god can change hearts overnight that's why i always talk about revival and restoration and repentance because god is in the process of upending the middle east right now there are so many people coming to faith in christ in iran and in other places in the middle east that that's changing the dynamics of the region and it can change the dynamics of this nation but we can't continue to preach this you know, this softball approach to about things and expect our nation to gravitate towards the things of we God. We need military, Steve. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Yeah. We need to be able to say what is right and what is wrong, what is light and what is dark. Yeah. Some some people are not going to accept it. We no, know that. No, they're not. And it's never – I had somebody – who a friend of mine who posts a lot of these things about this just you know jesus is all love and that's true and they think that therefore you know he died for all mankind no matter what you do and i said it this way i said no i said we need to approach people as if we would approach somebody who's blind and walking towards a cliff you don't beat them over the head with the gospel you don't yell at them about their sins but you let them know that they're blinded and they cannot see what the bible actually says about their lifestyles or about the way they're living their lives but it's done in love. It's never done in a condemning or vitriolic spirit. It's got to be done in love. Yeah, because if you read the the interactions that Christ had with people, yep. the only times it was condemning is when he was dealing with the uh, religious Correct. zealots. Correct. Yeah, because they weren't going after those people because they had this— They were um, keeping them under their thumb. Right, and they had this uh, self-righteous, pious mentality about themselves, and so— they were just leaving those people out to wonder. All right. Well, we'll know more next Tuesday when you come on with me again. Yep. Steve. I'll and be hopefully, here. Scott will be here. Don't forget to, uh, if you don't have a church home, consider Agape as your church home. And uh, what time do, do the do they got it? Nine and ten thirty. Nine and ten thirty on Sunday. Keep that in mind. Uh, pray for Billy. Had a death in the family. Pray for. You know, the grace of God for him. And then we hopefully will see him next uh, Tuesday as well. You have a great night, Steve. You got to work tonight, don't you? Yeah, yep. All right. Well, we'll talk to you next week. Okay. And it'll be the the soft Steve that you got today. It won't be the military Steve. That's right. All right. I'm out of here. I'll be back with you at 7 o'clock tonight. Be told.